Before we get started with the podcast today, I just wanted to let everyone know about our new website. It is MessyStudioPodcast.com, and it has all of our shows as well as a merchandise store and a donate button. The last two shows are about creating websites, and I really suggest you go back and listen to those two if you skip them. A good-looking website is extremely important for your art career. If you want to create your own website, we suggest using Wix, which is what we use to create MessyStudioPodcast.com. They have this really great tool called ADI, which stands for Artificial Design Intelligence. Basically, it does a lot of the work for you, and it makes Wix the fastest and easiest way I have found to make a good-looking website. I've made a button for you at the bottom of the homepage that says Create a Wix Site. So check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and click the button at the bottom of the homepage to get started on Wix. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about keeping studio secrets. An artist's creative process is not always easily accessed by others. It may include technical secrets as well as approaches that are simply hard to convey to others, even if there is a desire to share. Do the art practices of others seem mysterious to you? Do you guard some of your own studio secrets and why? In this episode, we'll look into the pros and cons of keeping studio secrets and how transparency can benefit you as well as other artists. Giggling in the background with me, <laughs> as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Yeah, I feel like we should have like creepy, mysterious music playing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, the the whole topic of secrecy comes up uh, in different ways. And, and one one thing that I get asked sometimes because I teach workshops and I've done the the book, the video, different websites when I was first starting out with Cold Wax. And I was always pretty much telling all, you know, and people will say, um, uh, you know, are you how do you feel about giving away all your secrets? It's usually phrased like that. You're giving them away. And it in the first place, it kind of makes me smile because, you know, I do charge for <laughs> these things at least. Right, now. You're not exactly giving them away. <laughs> at least nowadays. Yeah, we I, give away a few on, on the messy studio. Sure. For free, I mean, but. and there's that generosity of just sharing experience and everything. But, you know, part of what I do is I consider my intellectual property. And so I do charge for it. And, um, and that's all good. But but early on, even I, I didn't, I started some websites and I was very open about things. And I it honestly did not occur to me once people started asking me questions about the process. It didn't occur to me to keep it secret. And I just shared it. It was just like, I you know, kind of who I am, I guess. But it, it does raise questions because some people are quite um, territorial about their studio practices and what they do. And they're secretive about it. Um, and I think the real question behind all of this is kind of um, what what do you risk by being open or transparent about what you do? And, um, you know, when, I, when people have asked me that question, I think my response has been something like, well, my secrets are my secrets. I mean, it's not that everything, I don't tell everything and I don't tell the personal aspects of things that enter my work that may be parts of my personal life, those, there are always going to be things that are, um, 
don't need to be shared publicly. Right. So there's a difference between personal secrets and and techniques. Right. Or even, you know, process. I'm happy to talk about that. But the actual experiences that go into the work, sometimes even if I want to explain them or try to explain them, I don't have words for it. And that's why I'm a painter rather than a writer, I guess, you know, for the most part anyway. Um, So there there are always going to be aspects of things people do that they simply you know, have trouble articulating and explaining. It's, it's a, it's a difficult thing. And so, uh, people may appear to be more secretive than they really intend to be just, you know, it's hard. Um, so, um, but, I, but I've always felt like I didn't have a problem sharing techniques and, um, and anything that that's helpful to other people. I mean, the, the truly personal or private things are not necessarily helpful to anyone else anyway, because, they're your thing and they're what you put into your work. You know, when we write statements, we're going to allude to these things. We talk about our work. But of course, you know, there are certainly aspects of anyone's life that are private. Right, right. So, um, I and, and it also kind of the question kind of makes me smile because really the biggest secrets to the whole thing are the ones that there are secrets because they're hard, they're hard to understand or follow, not because they're trying to be hidden. And those are things like, you know, the secrets of finding your personal voice, you know, right. the secrets of being, um, you know, really focused and involved in your work every day, the the things that we can try to advise people about. But, um, you know, to put them into practice, that's something everybody has to figure out for themselves. And, you know, the patience to let things develop, all those things we talk about, all this right. stuff. And we may have tips or advice or encouragement but those secrets, you know, that's your personal path. Right. Well, I think what people are really talking about, at least in the context of, of what they're, when they're saying, well, you're sharing all your secrets, yeah. you know, I mean, what they're really talking about is your process and your, your and your yeah. techniques. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. So that leads me to say a few things about, about that, about technique and why I choose to be pretty open about it. And I, I think that, you know, technique is just a means to an end. Um, to uh, Technique is just a tool, and, and each of us would use it in our own ways. And even something like, oh, people will say, well, how did you get that exact blue? Well, I usually don't know because it's something that just happened on the palette. But if I did know, I could say, well, it was a little bit of phthalo, a little bit of cobalt, maybe some, you know, emerald green in there or something. And I, I mean, I could, there are painters that have actual formulas for certain colors. And even if you know that formula and they're willing to tell you and they're happy to tell you, it doesn't mean it just, it's just a tool. You're going to do something completely different with that color anyway. Right. And, and I mean, even in like situations where color matching is really important, um, like, uh, replacing a body panel on your car. And the, even when they have a factory code to mix that color, it's very difficult to get an exact color match. <laughs> and I, I always think it's just some, something people are sort of grasping at. Like if they knew how to get that exact color that another artist has, maybe, it will advance their work somehow or they will become closer to some ideal in their head. And, you know, the best things are the things you discover 
yourself yeah. anyway. Um, well, I think that we, we go through years and years of art education where we're learning techniques from other people and we're, we're learning their process and we're mimicking other people's process and their techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that people just kind of get used to that's how you make art is uh-huh. by doing what other people do. Right. And uh, if you're, if all you're doing is, is, is mimicking other people's art and their techniques and you're not advancing your own process and your own artwork and becoming unique, then you're not advancing your own career. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I agree. And I, I think that focus on technique is, it's certainly appropriate when you're getting started, right? you know, to learn, but then, it can become a habit where you you're always well exactly what what kind of paper was that and what kind of and and all those questions are fine in a way like I sometimes I'm very curious oh you know how did you get that color but it's not because I want to go do it myself right right it's just, it's just curiosity we're, we're sponges I mean we're yeah. constantly asking questions and it's how curious. can I integrate that into my own process into my own work and yeah. push it and pull it and yeah or there's some tip here or there's some interesting thing. Um, and if any one artist decides to share their techniques, as I tend to do, you know, it, there's other, there's so much, there's so much more to the picture than just the colors, the, the wax, the type of panel, the this or the that. And I'm happy, always happy to answer those questions because I feel like people do what, with that, what they will. I mean, they're not, it's a different process for every person, how they put the, all that together. Um, you know, and that said, I sometimes when I'm just figuring something out or I've just started with something or I'm just in the phase of discovery myself and I'm excited and curious, um, I, I don't really like questions about my process at that point so much because there there is a little while where you just want to enjoy it for yourself and you just you're figuring it out and you're playing with it. And if you start saying, well, I did it this way because, or this is how I'm doing it. It sort of cements it somehow. And right. You, you want to stay in that flux for a little while. And and sometimes I, I kind of like groan a little when people say, you know, I'll show something on Facebook or whatever that's a new idea for me. And right away getting questions about how did you do that? Well, maybe I don't want to say right now. Or I'll just say, oh, well, you know, it's just cold wax on. <laughs> I, I did this. I did some painting on, on clay tiles. And there were a lot of questions about, well, what, what did you do? How did you do this? And all I really said was, well, it's oil and wax on clay. <laughs> you know, that's all I really knew about it. But there was some expectation that there was some secret here that, and, and people know I'll tell them if, I, if I'm ready. So anyway, it's kind of a, there's a per- period where we hold things a little closer. Right. Well, you're still working things out and yeah. it's um, sometimes it's hard to articulate when you, when you yeah. don't really know yourself yet. Right. And then there's a point where with my stuff, I'm almost always ready to say, okay, here's what I figured out. Here's what I did. Um, and it's, I guess some of us, you know, just have that it's it's a part of being a teacher, right? Right, right. <laughs> and and with the things I do and the the book, the video, the workshops, there's this podcast. There's always a lot of teaching involved, right? Well, and there's also learning. You're learning from your own process, yeah. And, and you're learning from from pushing your own boundaries and trying right. new things, right? And uh, it's it's at that point they're asking somebody who's still really a student, uh-huh. you know, to teach them something. Exactly, and I um I think we. 
hopefully as we live our lives as artists, we're always, there'll always be some things in which we're beginners. Right. And we're, we're trying to figure them out. So, um, but yeah, I think we all have to figure out our own boundaries. And, and some people will just be naturally more um, private about what they're doing. And that's perfectly fine. I think when you, when you're in the role of being an instructor um, and you're, you're generally in the mode of sharing and teaching, then it absolutely is part of who you are to be, to be more transparent about it. Um, so I have, I have other thoughts about, you know, why just be open? Why be generous? And I really think that letting people in on your process, your techniques, your thoughts as much as you can articulate them, it doesn't um, diminish what you do. I mean, the fact that it's more open, um, I think it um, it actually adds to the appreciation that people have for your work. Because, you know, often people say, well, it lo- it's, it's harder than you make it seem or something. And I think and you're like, yeah, it takes years and years of practice. Yeah. So, so, it, you know, there's always that aspect of I can, any artist can say, this is what I do. Right. And then if somebody tries it or tries to follow that idea, they immediately understand how difficult it is. And it, it's, it's part of, it doesn't take anything away from what you do. Even if you make, if you inadvertently make it seem simple, People know it's not. And so I think it just adds some depth to what people know about what you do. Um, and, you know, I, I think, too, that throughout art history, great artists have done amazing things with just like oil paint and a brush, you know. So right. <laughs> it's not the technique itself or the, the materials or whatever. Um, again, it's what you do with them. And if people are very um territorial or private about a particular technique that they've developed i don't think that is necessarily enhancing their image as an artist because it makes it look like they're all about that one technique and i don't i don't want people to stand in front of my work and say only think about technique i mean i want the painting itself to carry have a presence and carry an emotion or carry a meaning and then as secondary, people might think, oh, look, how did she do that? That's okay. Um, but to have it be all about the technique personally is not something I admire in an artist's work. And so if when that, when that artist, whoever that is, is saying, well, I do this wonderful technique and I'm never going to share it, it just, right. it just comes across as kind of arrogant somehow. Well, and, and I think of... Um you know the uh the mona lisa you know it's uh it's a it's a beautiful painting it's very mysterious in its imagery mm-hmm. and and we actually have no idea how this painting was created uh, because it doesn't have brush brush strokes um and so whatever technique leonardo used to create the mona lisa is lost to history uh-huh. and uh it's it's a uh, I think it's a tragedy that we don't know how it was painted. You uh-huh. know, I don't think that it I, I don't think that it would be, was a benefit to him to not share that. Well, maybe he did in his day. Who knows? Right. I don't really. Yeah. I mean, that was a long time ago. But I, I I believe that he, he couldn't post it on Facebook. Right, right. I believe that he you know named his technique essentially, but never 
it, it, yeah. it never shared it with with other students. It never became mm-hmm. popularized. Mm-hmm. Um, and but, but the painting itself does have. It has much more than technique. Exactly. It's it's the mysterious smile. It's who is this woman? It's mm-hmm. it's the the background imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's so much more going on in that painting than technique. Yeah, you don't even think about the technique. Right. That's it, almost secondary to all the yeah. other aspects of the painting that are interesting. Yeah, and when when you really act territorial about your techniques, it sort of comes across as kind of insecure like there's not much else here but right. technique. so anyway that's that's personal opinion um but probably underlying why i don't i don't think it's important to keep it private and secret um there's a sort of a shallowness to that somehow or a sort of gimmicky somehow um the other things just benefits of being sharing being generous with your ideas um there's sort of a, I don't know if you want to say spiritual or philosophical benefit. Um, you, you're you giving something of yourself to other people in a way acknowledging that we're all part of a much bigger picture. And anything we do, somebody has touched on it before at least. So we're, we're always standing on someone else's shoulders. And when we say, here's my contribution – we're just part of that that big, big picture of creative humanity right. going back eons. And you, you know? hope that somebody else will expand on your own techniques. Exactly. And, and we're part of a chain. Continue to build, yeah. Yeah, we're part of a chain and we each have our own link, I guess. <laughs> but we, we just... Um, acknowledging the spirit of creativity, I guess, is kind of what I'm getting at. And, and being open about it and celebrating it. I think it's a way of celebrating it to share it and say, isn't this great? You know? Um, and I mentioned teaching. I think, um, obviously you have to be kind of open if you're teaching workshops or things like that. And, you know, if there are things you're not quite ready to share, as I mentioned before, you can set your boundaries around that. But in my opinion, these should be relatively few. Um, I always remember talking to a student once who went to a workshop with the idea of learning a specific technique that she knew the artist did all the time. It was a very developed technique. And when she got to the workshop, the artist teaching it said, oh, that one I don't share. And that was the whole reason this person went. Right, right. So that would have been very disappointing because you would kind of assume if it's a big part of their work that it would be something that would be taught and I just think the spirit of teaching is to be generous and open, and it's not appreciated if you if you're really holding back. And we know in the business sense too, it's um it's good to offer free stuff, right? And this podcast is free. yeah, absolutely. Um, you know the the websites are free, and lots of free information. Uh, in a business sense, helps to draw people into what you do. Yeah, you want to give people as much value as you possibly can. Um, and and you will expect to uh, be rewarded in return with with a, a successful career. Mm-hmm. And in in selling your work, I mean, again, talking business, helping people understand what it is you do, your techniques, is a is a selling point. A lot of times, I mean, I've often had galleries say uh, they want me to explain to them what the process is, so that they can explain it when people come in and say, oh, what is this? And, you know, I don't, I'm not familiar with this uh, material. And then they can at least give a 
a description. And when you speak to groups or you write an artist statement and you talk a little bit about what you do, that's part of it too. Yeah, and and I think that it's it's a common misconception that that sharing trade secrets hurts you. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a there's a lot of power in in building um, a a reputation, building a brand and an image um, in allowing people to understand what it is that you do. Mm-hmm. And if other people go off and they use your techniques and they create. So a product, you know, whether it's in the art world or outside of the art world, that is in some ways similar to yours. Um, really, what that does is it expands the market. More people see this type of work mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. gain an appreciation of it. And when they investigate this type of work, they're more likely to find you as an individual creating what it is that they're looking for. Hmm. Um, and uh, like you, if, uh, if there weren't, you know, a million metal bands playing metal music, you know, then those few, you know, Metallica or whatever uh-huh. would, wouldn't have the, the fan base that they have. Uh-huh. You know, if there weren't a million people drinking wines, you know, then those few, uh, you know, really nice fine wineries wouldn't have the yeah. base of appreciation. I totally get it. Yeah. And so when, when you teach other people to do what you do, um, it, it displays a confidence in your own product mm-hmm. um, that that you're you know that your product is going to be appreciated by a large number of people when people come looking for that that mm-hmm. segment of the market. And it, it does bring up the whole fear of complete knockoffs. Right. Which artists express that fear. And mm-hmm. it happens. I mean, there are artists who will deliberately copy others and try to create work that looks very much like someone else is trying to ride on that person's reputation. You know, it just doesn't work, I don't think. <laughs> I, mean, I I've heard of these things, but I've never heard of a case in which the knockoff person gained any recognition or success. It's it's like right. um they're clearly just copying. Yeah, I mean if if somebody, you know, goes and buys a, a knockoff watch or a knockoff handbag, you know, they they may appreciate that they have something that's you know kind of looks like it and fills that kind of role in their life Uh but they're always going to want that that real louis vuitton handbag or or that real rolex watch right yeah i i think the fear of being copied is really kind of overblown right that's another thing you know when people ask that question about the the one I started out with talking about, I teach workshops, aren't you afraid of giving stuff away? Yeah, what's underlying that is, aren't you afraid of having people copy your work? And I'm not really. I mean, for what we've been talking about, I I just feel that everyone's work is unique. And if someone is absolutely trying to copy another artist, they're probably not going to get very far with it. Yeah, I was was once on a uh, a bit of a, a road trip and uh, we went to uh, this place up up in Iron River, Wisconsin, called White Winter Winery. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody's in northern Wisconsin and Iron River, uh, they should definitely check this place out. They do really good wine and really good mead and really good brandy. 
And uh, I, I ended up talking with the, uh, the owner about his process for making brandy um, because at the time I was w- working at a winery and I was interested in, in can we start making brandy here mm-hmm. uh, because there's a, there's a massive brandy market in Wisconsin. Um, and so I was talking with him about it and I, I was very open with him. I said, hey, I work at this other winery. And he was like, oh, yeah, I know that place. And he's still sharing with me <laughs> all this. very open. Exactly. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of shocked by, by how much you're letting me in on your process for for making brandy and he said well the rising tide lifts all ships oh that's that's a really good philosophy isn't it yeah and and i just thought wow you know he's totally right like if we started making brandy it wouldn't detract from his ability to sell brandy there's a massive brandy market and there's people who are looking for craft brandy Mm -hmm. um in this area and the more people are seeking it out the better for everyone Oh, right. And, you know, people that are collecting art usually don't stop with one artist. They're interested in what's going on. And, you know, it's not, I mean, it it gets into that whole area of competition and, you know, not looking at things as a pie with a certain number of slices and all that. (laughs) So, uh, but really the whole thing about being secretive touches on some kind of emotional fears and um, perhaps unrealistic fears that people have. I, I think with other artists, when you share openly, you're you're acknowledging, as I said before, you're part of you're all part of a of a part of life that an aspect of life that you share. There's a there's a flow there, and it also opens doors for them to share back. So, um, you know, if somebody's sharing with you openly, as this guy did, you know, you you would have been if you weren't already even more inclined to be open with him about something because there's that reciprocity going on that it's it's a positive part of human interaction well and and you know what we spent money with him that day mm-hmm. and uh, and we bought some some really nice bottles from him and uh, you know maybe we spent more money than we would have otherwise if he hadn't been that open and uh-huh. that giving with yeah. us it it's all it creates a really positive environment and when artists share with other artists it's so exciting i mean you you can open up ideas for collaboration, for just tossing ideas around, and you might say, "Well, I've, I use, I do this or that," and then somebody will say, "Oh, I do too," but then I, such and such, you know, and then, "Oh, really?" And you know, you're just building an idea. Um, and I think, I think, kind of going along with that, sometimes if you, you will, somebody will say something about what they do, and you realize. Oh, I've been saying always promoting or doing something and they're telling me this other thing works just as well. And it opens your mind and it you realize your own ideas about things can be so limited. And so I don't know, I just think it's all good. I I'm I like being generous myself. My I always think of a my role model was my father who was the most generous man in so many ways and he never held back and he he had many good things happen in his life and i just um always admired that about him and i i guess i just i i do want to mention a few things to consider about this whole topic and and it kind of indicating that it's up to you what you share you you can share um 
just about anything. I mean, there's a, there's a point of oversharing. Yes, <laughs> we see that too, where people have to tell you every detail or tell you things that it's like too much information or something. Or, or post pictures of their injuries on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that's my pet peeve. <laughs> <laughs> but even in terms of art, you know, sometimes people go on and on and on and it's like, okay, I think I get it, you know. Um, and also to know that sharing doesn't mean you're, you have any control over how it's going to be used. Um, once something's out in the world, it has a life of its own, and you have to, you have to know that. You have to accept that. That's all good. That's all positive and healthy. But once it's out there, you're not going to reel it back in. And so it's something to to make sure that you're comfortable with it when you do it. And as we said early on, there's some things that are just simply very hard to articulate. And you may think somebody is overly secretive, but maybe they're just not very verbal or able to put it into words. Um, and we have these kind of overblown artist statements full of art speak and vague descriptions. And those, in as they can be annoying, you know, but sometimes I think they're people's attempts to put into words the bigness of it, the hugeness of it that they feel about their work. And so they tend to use these kind of overblown words or whatever. But there is that feeling inside of how big it is to that person. And they're trying to communicate something. Um, another thing that I think there's sort of a stereotype that artists are supposed to be secretive, like a true artist doesn't give away their techniques or whatever. And those kind of stereotypes can infiltrate our thinking. And so we hesitate and we ask people if they're being, if it's dangerous to give away their art secrets, as people have done with me and I'm sure with lots of other people that are open about it. And, you know, I guess ask yourself, you know, are you afraid of being open? And um, is it your natural inclination and you're sort of denying it? And what could you what could you gain from being more open with what you do? And if, if you are on the secretive side, <laughs> uh, what, what kind of dialogues could you open up with other people? I kind of, I kind of think that maybe outside of the art world, there's a, maybe a perception that what artists do is kind of magic, you ah, know, for sure there is. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that, that uh, people don't expect, you know, magical people to, to give away their secrets. And if you're identif if you're heavily identifying with being the magical person. Um, right. Yeah. You you think that's part of what you're supposed to do is just smile and say nothing. You know? Right. <laughs> and again, I, I do want to say there's no there's no right and wrong here. If there are things you really don't want to talk about, that's up to you. But there are a lot of benefits. There's a there's a good energy, I think, to sharing and not worrying about this stuff, not worrying about hiding things. Right. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode, or? Um. Yeah. Just I think by nature, a lot of artists are really open and generous. That's what I've always experienced. Um, a lot more so than that stereotype of the kind of loner egotistical person <laughs> would 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 lead you to expect and um and I think it's a good thing to embrace it and and be part of it and 
it just helps every it helps your art life be richer. Yeah, we've talked about kind of the practical elements and the spiritual elements and the emotional elements and making a, a bigger connection with with other yeah, people who are yeah. appreciating your work, uh, either on a professional or on a a, a sales a customer level. Right. I, um, yeah, I, I make a case for being open and generous, and and not everyone will agree with me, and everybody has their own boundaries. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com, as well as www.rebeccacroll.com, and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.